in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoo-ah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it, or what to do with it, or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm Gabe S. Dunn. I'm your host. And today we have a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself and give us like two sentences about what we, what you do and then we'll dive into it for real? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Gabe. Excited to be here. I'm a longtime fan. I read your book originally when it the first book when it came out, your first money book, Bad With Money, and I became an instant fan. So thank you for having me on. This thing has like become on, come full circle. I am an investment coach and specifically I focus on educating people who have traditionally felt left out of the financial space and don't have the resources that they need in order to invest their money and grow their wealth. So your name's Anjali Pradhan, Pradhan, but your online thing is called Dahlia Wealth. Why is it named that? Oh, good question. Not many people ask me this and not very many people know, but Dahlia was the name of a person, a girl that I knew when I was growing up. I played soccer for a long time and this girl who was on and like an opposing team, she was so good at the game. She was just like 
no pun intended, she was in a league of her own. And so when we played her team, we didn't know, we called it Dahlia's team because she was just so much better than the rest of us. And so for me, Dahlia represents excellence and it represents blowing your competition out of the water. And for me, the competition is not like other investment coaches or other people necessarily. It's just, it's, you know, the patriarchal system that is not working for a lot of us. That's really what excellence is about for me. Wow. Okay. Well, shout out to Dahlia. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I wanted to get into your story a little bit. Like, how did you start out with money, let's say? Yeah. So I've kind of like always been interested in the financial space. I remember being in high school, taking like a, like an economics class in in grade nine and just like feeling like this is so exciting. And we could like psychoanalyze why I was so drawn to it. But I think kind of somewhere in the back of my head or like deep in my soul, I felt that if I could master money, I like no one could control and Mm. I could have ultimate freedom. And money in our society is very much a symbol of power. But it was just a bit odd that like as a woman of color, you know, that I was so drawn to it. And so, you know, fast forward a few years, I actually made a career in in banking. I, I studied finance. I made a career in banking. I worked in the traditional financial space. Actually, I'm Canadian. I grew up in Canada, but I moved to London, England in order to really take advantage of that whole financial space Mm -hmm. and like be able to sink my teeth into my brand new career when I graduated university. And so because London has such a big financial sector. Exactly. And I just like wanted to see the world. I wanted to travel and I just figured, you know, why not go there and just do something different. I knew I would, as a woman of color, I knew I would have to do something different than what my peers graduating with me were doing. Like, Mm. there were mainly people who studied with me were mainly men, they were mainly white men. And I knew that, you know, for them, it was probably easier. You know, they had dads who golfed with you know, men who worked in banking and who could hook mm-hmm. them up like as, you know, a child of immigrants and as, you know, woman of color, I didn't have any of those sort of like, I didn't have anyone helping me out in that way. And the boys club, unfortunately, in banking, it starts not in banking. It actually starts in at college, like in universities where I study, you know, finance, which is unfortunate. So yeah, so I went to England, ended up spending my 20s there. And I my career went from strength to strength. Like I, you know, got promotions, I worked for all of the big, you know, big banks. And the by the time I was, you know, 28, I'd kind of done as well as anyone it I'd, of my age could have expected from their career. And then it all kind of came crashing down. The 2008 crash happened. Lehman Brothers went under. Up until that point, I was like, nothing's going to happen to me. You know, I just gotten this fancy new promotion. I got, mm. I got, was promoted. I was even relocated from London to Amsterdam for this shiny ro- new role. And I was like, yeah, people around me are getting laid off, but like, I'm good. Like, mm. <laughs> in hindsight, it was delusional. so I was laid off and at that point like things were dire in the financial industry like no one was hiring everyone 
the banks were laying people off. So I decided to come back to Canada where I'm from to be closer to my friends and family. It kind of had enough of that whole sort of, you know, being away from home thing. I knew that it might take a little bit of time in order for me to get back on my feet. Like it was not a great time to be 2008, 2009 was not a great time to be looking for a job. But I figured, you know, like, yeah, if I'm patient, I will eventually land something and I'll continue the career that I had. Well, I was to be, I was sadly mistaken. I remember a very precise, you know, you have times in your life, like the before and after. Mm -hmm. So my, the before and after of my career was, I remember sitting, having lunch with my parents, my mom and dad. And my mom says to me, she looks at me and she says to me, I wonder what your horoscope has been. And I was like, horoscope, like So my mom had asked me this because she couldn't understand why my career had come to a standstill. So I'd like done all this great stuff, you know, in London. And I'd come back this like kind of conquering hero only to be to not to have doors shut in my face. Yeah. You know, door after door after door. And my mom is a super like pragmatic woman. Like she's she I've never heard her speak about (laughs) astrology ever. So I was alarmed. I was like, something is seriously wrong here. If my mom is looking literally to the stars for answers, (laughs) this like super pragmatic woman. And I realized at that point what was happening, why I wasn't, you know, I've applied to literally hundreds of job postings. I had attended Dozens of in-person interviews. This was like before Zoom interviews were mm-hmm, a thing. Mm-hmm. I came up empty-handed. I, I had no job offers. I would get answers like, oh, the fit isn't right. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I think I can tell you what the fit, right fit is by looking at photo of the people interviewing me. Yeah. You know, I realized that as a woman of color, what was happening was that I was being shut out of the boys club heart, like the straight white boys club. I realized that, you know, no matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how, like how much I tweaked my resume, Mm. I would never be a white man, Mm. a straight white man. I would never fit into their club and my potential would never be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So at that point I had a decision to make. I could either continue going down this corporate life, this corporate path where You know, I'd always saw myself working in corporate and banking until I retired, but I knew it wasn't, you know, I saw that it wasn't working out the way I'd envisaged, you know, that sort of steady paycheck, that stability, you know, do I, did I want to leave that, do my own thing and build a career on my own terms? So those were my choices. And eventually I chose, I knew I didn't have a choice, but to strike out on my own and to leave the nine to five, leave banking and and develop a career that suited me. So how did you, I mean, how do you get this off the ground in terms of starting your own like financial business, investment classes, using your knowledge? Because you know you have the knowledge, but how do you start putting that together coherently and then start getting clients? Yeah, that's a great question. So initially, Gabe, like I had no interest in teaching anyone. (laughs) I was like, I had a friend who kept on like telling me like, you know, I I, like I'm a woman. I have no clue how to invest. I have this financial advisor who doesn't listen to me. You know, he's it's always it's usually a dude. There aren't enough 
yeah. non-white male advisors out there. Just like people look for help to people who are like them. And, you know, if you don't find the help from people that look like you, you're, you know, a, a lot of times people are stuck. People aren't, you know, you know, women, people of color, LGBTQ, like there, it just isn't enough representation. Right. And so I kept on hearing the same story from women over and over again. I was like, this is a great idea. So someone should do it. <laughs> someone should teach all these people to invest. And then. And then I read this a statistic that said that women are more than twice as likely to be in poverty yeah. at retirement. And I was like, that is just wild mm-hmm. and unacceptable. And I was like, yeah, someone has to do something about this. And I think that someone has to be me. So, so yeah, I just started from the ground up doing one-on-one coaching. And then I realized, you know, at, at some point my schedule will fill up. I'm not going to have and I'm, I'm my, the number of people I could help will be capped and limited. And also, I didn't want to have to increase my prices. I want to be able to support myself. I don't think this idea that you, if you're doing good in the world, you have to sacrifice your own financial well-being. I, I, I don't believe in that. I think you can do well and you can get paid for what you're worth, what, what you're worth. And so I you know, decided that I was going to create a group coaching program so I could keep my costs, keep the fees lower and make it accessible to people. I would just package my knowledge so that I could help more people learn to invest at a reasonable sort of fee. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... 
I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. So what did you find when you started talking to people? What did you find was the the number one question or the number one thing that people wanted to know? I'm just curious. Yeah, like, you know, people ask me sometimes things like, I have student debt. Should mm -hmm. I be investing? Their student debt sure. is like, 
it's like a pandemic of its own. Like it's, yeah. it's crushing like younger generations. It really is. It's like a societal issue. So people ask me, you know, I have student debt. I, I always got the feeling that like I should pay that off first before I start investing. And here's the thing. Student debt is relic. Like I call it, consider it like a medium to low interest debt. So I don't put it in the same category as, for example, credit card debt, which mm -hmm. can get out of control at like 18, 20% interest. Mm -hmm. Student debt is relatively low interest. So while, you know, continue paying your, your down your student debt according to your payment plan, if you have extra money left over, invest it for your future because that's time that you can't make up. Like, you know, you might be, the truth is you might be paying off your student loans for a while. And you need to come to terms with it. And most importantly, you shouldn't be ashamed. I think there's a lot of shame associated mm -hmm. with student debt. Like I'm in my mid-30s. I still have these student loans. And, you know, I don't even work in the industry that I studied <laughs> for. Like, I think part of the problem is shame. So know that like most people have student loans. It's okay. And the other reason that, so like, you know, you could be paying this, let's say like four or 5% on your student loans, but you could be making a lot more on your investments. Mm -hmm. okay? So that's like kind of the financial reason. And the other reason that you should start investing is because it changes your relationship to money. Yeah. So this is not something that I'd envisaged when I started <laughs> coaching, but it, it's such a beautiful thing to see when people start investing their money, they see they they the their relationship with money changes. For example, when you see that your money is growing effortlessly, it rewires your brain from thinking, I will never be good with money. I will never, you know, live from a place of abundance. I don't mm. even know what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear like live from a place of abundance. I don't even know what that means. But yeah, when exactly. you start seeing your money growing effortlessly, like the type of investing that I teach is a very hands-off, low-stress kind of methodology where you can like continue living your life. You don't have to be, to have your head stuck in spreadsheets. You don't have to be following the stock market every day. You don't have to be researching stocks. Like when you see all this happening effortlessly, your, your, you know, wealth is growing. You're like, Hey, I can't tell myself that I'm not good with money, that I will never be wealthy, that money is not for me mm -hmm. because you're doing the thing, you know, it's like people who, you know, all decide I want to become fit and start going to the gym. It's like you can't tell yourself that, like, I'm never going to be fit because you're doing the thing. Right. So when you start thinking about money differently, it affects like all different areas of your your financial life, not just your investing. Like you might, you know, decide that. I'm not being paid enough at my day job. I deserve to be paid more. I'm going to, you know, next opportunity, I'm going to go ask my boss for a raise. Or I've had students who were in a stable nine to five job and then, you know, saw that like, hey, I'm doing this investing for a retirement thing. And it gave them financial confidence and they decided to quit their stable nine to five to start their dream business because they were like, I know I can attract wealth. I know I can bring in money because I'm doing the thing with my investing. Yeah, like, I, you know, my boyfriend is pretty obsessed right now with FIRE and investing to become work optional. And so I was curious, like, what that means to you, like work optional. 
Yeah. So work optional to me is a kind of fire light, really. (laughs) I think like fire is like it's dominated a lot by like by bros. Like if you go on Reddit threads, it's all like bros who are like, I spend like nothing on my living expenses. You know, I live in a hovel. (laughs) Uh, I save 90% of my income. I eat ramen noodles so that I can invest my money and retire early. Well, this is not an appealing way of life for a lot of people, okay? And especially a lot of women. They're like, I don't really, and a lot of other people, like, I don't, I'm not in a, in a race to, to you know, to the, I'm not in a race to, to retire. I just want to have a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. I want to maybe work less. Mm-hmm. I want to maybe be more reliant or less reliant on my nine to five job so that, if, that could if it go away at any time. Yeah. I mean, what we've all learned that through mm-hmm. in the past couple of years, you guys in the um, in the writers guild like right. learned that like like when you are less reliant on your day job, it just it gives you options, yeah. you know? You're like, yeah, I'm doing this job as long as I enjoy it. If not, I have a financial cushion. I can either maybe like, you know, stop working, start my own start my own business. I could maybe work part-time. I can maybe take a pay cut and do work that I enjoy more. I can maybe spend more time at home with my kids. If you have kids, Mm -hmm. you know, it just means work optional just means you have more options to, to work in a way that suits you. And it's not necessarily like I have to retire and I'm going to, you know, I'm like eight years and I'm going to sit with my feet up, which a lot of people, I mean, good for your boyfriend if that's his game it's it's not it's not (laughs) (laughs) I think people have the wrong idea about it generally and so they you know people don't really even know that retirements are invested not saved or they don't really know that you know there's that it's not just people who are being frugal for the sake of being frugal or that there that there are I think people think oh you retire and then you do nothing but like you actually retire like retirement is such a nebulous term because people then leave the job that they don't like and they take different jobs around, you know, to try to be in different industries and see what that's like and just have a, uh, you know, you were talking about having like not not having the what is it called? You were saying you wanted more control. You didn't want you wanted freedom. You know, that's why you got interested in money to begin with. More freedom, more mm-hmm. options. Yeah. And for a lot of people like that's what we want. We don't necessarily want, you know, fancy house, the fancy car, right. like, you know, we just want options. Like, mm-hmm. and that option, it, some, it's not always sexy. Sometimes that option is like, you know, I'm in a unhealthy relationship. Yeah. I have money to leave. My dad was recently really ill. He was in the hospital for a month because of my financial flexibility because of the lifestyle and business that I've built, like I was able to be with him at the hospital, go see him every day. That is not at all kind of like the poster child of like fire, you know, or like, like money, like, but that gave me the option to be with my family when they needed me. Mm -hmm. So that's what a lot of people want. Like I want options, not necessarily, you know, things. 
So we were talking to about well, you and I privately about investing in ETFs and and versus real estate. And we've talked on this show a lot. Well, we had we did a, a reading of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I think broke my brain. But his big thing is like, you got to invest in real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. So I was curious, like what your thoughts are on that, because I think your thing is lean leans more towards like investing in ETFs rather than investing in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So people, this surprises people. I'm a, an investment coach. I, I work in, I've always worked in the financial industry and I've actually never owned real estate. It's kind of like, like people have a really hard time with this. Really? Like I, I can, that, that, yeah, that, you know, here's this person that's building her wealth that doesn't own real estate. Well, real estate is not the only way to build wealth. A lot of us have like learned this because maybe that's the way our parents built wealth. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we live in a very different environment than our parents and our grandparents did. First of all, the wage to home price ratio has completely deteriorated. Mm -hmm. Like relative to salaries and wages, house prices have just exploded. Here in Canada, it's like like at a new all-time critical situation. Like I read an article the other day saying that younger millennial and Gen Z like don't want to have kids because we can't, we, like where are we going to house these kids? We can't right. afford a house. Like, right. <laughs> you know, that was not the case with our parents. And, you know, some people are like, well, what if I bought real estate to like as, as commercial real estate, like to rent it out? Well, first of all, there is a ton of overhead with property. A lot of times when people own property, they don't factor that in. You know, there are things like just maintenance that you have to, if you want the value of your property to remain intact, you have to, you know, maintain. Like if your roof starts leaking, you need to shell out cash in order to fix that. Like no Mm -hmm. one's going to come to save you. You know, if you live in a condo, there's condo fees. So there's all these overhead, those extra expenses, you know, that are that people don't factor in. And let's say you have tenants. Well, it's not passive income. Dealing mm-hmm. with tenants and being a landlord is a job. <laughs> like <laughs> there are so many things related. Like I rent, and there are so many things that my landlord does. Like I'm lucky I have a a good landlord. There's so many things that she does that like. I don't have to deal with and I'm so yeah. happy I don't have to deal with because I can focus on my business. Yeah. You know, my time is valuable. And so and then even if you just invest the down payment, like, you know, down payment, a lot of people are having trouble, you know, saving up for that down payment because mm-hmm. it's 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 hefty these days with house mm-hmm. prices. Like even if you just took that down payment and invested it in nothing crazy like the uh, you know, there was a study that was done where the excess, you know, usually people's mortgage and and housing costs if they own is higher than if they would rent. So -hmm. if you just take the excess and you take that down payment and you invest it in like a bond fund, like a bond ETF, you'll, you'll do better off over time. So. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. 
NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Yeah, I think also, you know... I, in my personal experience, I think about that a lot, which it's, you know, it's hard to, on this show, we really try not to dwell in regret, although that's hard personally, but like, I do think about, okay, I put this money into a house where now I'm going through this breakup and I'm not going to get my money back. And it's like, yeah, there is this feeling of, I could have put that in an investments and I would have had a better, you know, a better situation. It would have been more protected because it was like me personally and my personal stuff but I just didn't really have I had felt that there was safety and security in real estate that I'm realizing now wasn't really there and you know I do feel regret in terms of well if I did keep the house I probably would be able to rent it out I probably would have during the writer's strike been able to make you know some money on that even just short term, I don't know, Airbnb, whatever, even though that's like a, a huge risk too. But I just didn't, I, I think that 
you're right that there is a way that people should look at it where they don't have to invest in real estate. They can weigh, would it actually have been better for me to have this money in investments during the writer's strike? And then that would have been growing on its own without me really having to do that much. So it's just kind of this, when you wrote invest your down payment, I was like, Jesus Christ, I should have known that. Listen, I'm not here to shame anyone. People get really defensive, like, especially people who own property. Like, if your property is a place for you to live, and that was your intention, from what I understand. If it's a place for you to live, place for you to, you know, create a home with your partner or start a family or whatever, like, like, that's a psychological need. And it's a little different bucket. Okay, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people, I think, feel forced into buying because that's the only way of creating wealth that they know. Mm -hmm. And so for those people, I'm like, no, there is another option. You don't have to buy. There's an easier, less, you know, there's a more hassle free way to grow your wealth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it were, you know, don't shame is the worst. And and when it comes to (laughs) when it comes to money, we have a lot of shame and we've all made mistakes, even me money coach. I've made money mistakes. The best thing you can do is to accept that, you know, you made a mistake or or like you you made the best choice that you knew how at the time mm-hmm. and to move on from there and you do better when you know better. So, well, we were talking about the strike a little bit. And so I remember like you and I were talking a bit on another time about the writer's strike contract. And I was curious what your thoughts were about that. Yeah. So I looked at it quickly and I noticed that, you know, there were some like wins on the pension side. Yeah. I'm curious about that. Yeah. So I started digging in a little bit. It's actually explained really well on your on the Writers Guild pension plan website. So if you want, like if you're a writer, you can just Google that and and it's explained really nicely. So I'm not going to like rehash that. But what I really like about the the your pension plan, it's been around for a while, like a long time. It's not new, but I, I there there are some new wins, but the, the pension plan itself been, has been around for a long time. And it's a defined benefit pension. OK, so you guys are really lucky. <laughs> It's a really, it's a kind of like an old school kind of pension. It's kind of the pension that our parents had. They were in the nine to five and it's almost like completely extinct. Okay. So the reason I'm mentioning this, so even if you're not a writer and this pension plan doesn't apply to you, here's what's really relevant for you to understand. A lot of us feel that like, you know, why should I, why do I need to know how to invest? Like my parents didn't know how to invest and they're fine. Well, our parents and grandparents lived in a very different era, a very different pension era. So the defined benefit pension, like the the writer's pension, what you guys have is the employer and the pension plan is promising you a certain pension based on like a formula. Okay, so you can calculate what you're going to get when you retire. I was going to say graduate, retire. (laughs) And what is mainly available these days for employed people is defined contribution. So your 401k, if you're employed in the U.S. by a corporation, your 401k is defined contribution. And what that is, it's the kind of a very flip situation of the defined benefit And what that means is that you as the employee have the responsibility to manage that money. Whereas, you know, the writer's benefit, the writer's pension, they manage the money for Mm. you. Most employees today, regardless of where you live, 
you are responsible for managing that money. So, you know, like there are some very good things about, you know, define uh, any pension plan first, mm-hmm. like, you know, usually it's like free money. So if you're in, a, if you're employed and there's any sort of pension plan available, please, please, please like look into it and see if there's something called matching. So matching is where you put in some money into this pension plan and then the employer puts in a percentage of, of what you do. So they, they don't, but they only put in money if you put in money. Okay. So if you don't put in money, that's money that's left on the table. And a lot of people don't sign up for their, you know, pension plan at work. Please do sign up. Please do find out if there's matching because that's money that you're leaving on the table. And, you know, and just the fact that like, regardless of what kind of pension it is, if money is taken directly from your paycheck and goes directly into your pension plan with your name on it, like that is great because that means that you're not going to have it. You're paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. You're paying your future self first. You don't have a chance to like spend that money and be like, oh, let's see what's left afterwards. It's like, no, like first things first, like money goes into your pension plan. So look into your work pension plan. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's so interesting because I think people do just kind of let it go by the wayside. Like for the WGA, I don't even know. You you have to opt in and put your put your money in the pension plan, which I don't think I've done actually because I have an IRA, so I haven't actually put anything into the WGA pension myself. Which I think I thought, well, I already have the IRA. My I don't know if I need to do this, but I think people have multiple retirement accounts. They I just had not ever heard anyone talk about that. Yeah. So, and I think employers sometimes don't always, don't always do a good job of, of, of doing this, of like encouraging people to join cynically, maybe it's because it costs them money, like, <laughs> especially if there's matching. But from what I understand, you guys do have matching, I'm not an expert, but uh, please go find out because it's money that like you could be, they could be adding on your behalf, which you're, you're leaving on the table. So when do they match like each contribution or when is it matched? Yeah, it's usually like if I'm just talking in general, but like, yeah, usually it's like like if you let's say have a defined contribution every paycheck, they'll they'll add money in. So you can oh. see you can log in and see that. Yeah. So that's that's like that's the juiciest part of any employer pension plan. So, yeah, I'm a little jealous because as a self-employed person, I don't. I'm 100% funding my own pension. So if you are employed, please, please, please take advantage of that. But the thing is, a lot of times when you go in, I I know why people feel overwhelmed or don't really take advantage, even once they sign up, is because you need to know how to manage that pension. And I remember when I was starting my career, I was 25 years old, my employer, and I worked in banking. Okay, this is the most crazy thing. I worked in banking. They sent me, HR sent me some paperwork because I said, yes, I want to you know, opt into the work pension plan. They sent me some paperwork. They're like, oh, pick your investments. And I literally just randomly picked some investments. I checked <laughs> off some boxes over my lunch hour because I, this was before, you know, I got my charter before I kind of really knew what I was doing in investing. Randomly checked off a bunch of boxes that were like possibly some of the most important decisions <laughs> 
for my future. And most people, this is how they're managing it. And so that's something that I tell people. People are like, oh, I don't, I don't, I haven't really started investing. I'm like, well, do you have work pension plan? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that is investing. And just that you don't know what you're doing and you're probably not doing the best job of managing it. So that's something I do in my practice. Like I, I coach people through managing their, you know, work pension, their 401k, whatever it is. So you have to like actively manage that. If you have a defined contribution pension, which is a 401k style, yes, you have to actively manage it. You can go in and pick your own funds. Managing your own IRA, like your own investments, like in your IRA, that is that method will give you the most options. But at the same time, we don't want to let free money, you know, sit on the table. So, you know, even if there are fewer options and sometimes options are more expensive, there's still a way to like make the most of it. It's like a gift card. Like you might not be at at the shop that you really want to shop at, but you're not going to say no. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. So, you know, we, you have this free training coming up in November that we're, I'm going to be promoting on here a bit more because we're, we're pairing up. Part of that is you mentioned that you're going to cover a signature investing methodology that takes only four hours per year. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? A lot of times I think people don't even like start investing or try, you know, like they don't even start investing because they think that it's going to take them like a lot of time and energy. And like, like, and Mm -hmm. I'm not just because I'm an investment coach, I'm not going to tell you, you know, oh, make time for your investing. Like I have a method of investing and that a lot of people, I didn't invent it. A lot of people use using ETFs that is super simple. And once you set up a solid foundation, It'll only take you, you know, at most four hours a year. Like I only check in with my own investments a couple of times a year. I teach the exact same method and people don't believe me. They're like, there's no way that you could be investing properly, that you could be growing your wealth with so little time invested. And, but it's true. So like the stock market, the bond market, if you let them do their thing, if you set it up properly and let them do their thing, time will do the heavy lifting for you. Okay. So like the earlier you start, the better use a super simple hassle-free method of investing. Anyone can, can learn to invest, like no matter how busy you are. Like Mm -hmm. I say, if you went to go, if you saw Barbie (laughs) this year, like if you went to see Barbie or you didn't see any movie really, Like that time going there, buying the popcorn, watching the movie, coming back home, like that's the amount of time that you would need to invest your money like for the entire year. Like so. Interesting. 
I think people make it like a lifestyle, though. They make it like a, this, that's their whole thing. And I'm checking my investments every day and I'm making sure they're going up and they're going like it's like very like, I guess it goes back to the boys club of it all. You don't have to. And that's actually the difference between the way that like women, like the difference between the way men and women invest. Women actually are a lot more chill when it comes to their investments. And that's actually a good thing. Like the bros who are like, I need to be trading, you know, like I need to do something. The stock market drop like that will actually lead you to financial ruin, the <laughs> needing to do stuff. And it's not just men who are like that. I run into women sometimes who are like that, too. But just naturally, I think certain people understand that investing is a long term game. I just need to sit tight. I checking my investments all the time will only bring me stress and will cause me to overreact and do the wrong thing. So I actually advocate for like less involvement Mm -hmm. in your investments (laughs) as opposed to more. So do you want to talk a bit about what happens in the training and then like what we're sort of doing together? Yeah, absolutely. So so I'm going to be talking about this methodology that takes only four hours per year, but I'm also going to be talking to you about Three big misunderstandings that I hear all the time coming from people that are possibly stopping you from growing your wealth, from starting to invest. Like we have these preconceived notions about investing. Like, you know, I, for example, I need a lot of time to invest, that Mm -hmm. it's like super complicated, that the financial industry has my best interest at heart. As someone, as a former banker, I you know, know how it works. I know what kind of products they're trying to sell you. And and the truth is investing in this super simple way that takes only four hours a year, that's a method of, method of investing that banks don't really want you to know about. Yeah. They're not promoting it because that's not where they make the most money. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you learn to cook, you're going to save a ton of money. You're going to save a ton of money as opposed to eating out you are going to have food that, you know, that you like, that like is ta- tailored to your needs. You know, when you go to a restaurant, you it's way more expensive. You don't have a lot of control. So that's the difference. Like I teach people to, to cook their own investing food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I teach you how to do it yourself. And unlike cooking, which honestly, I'm becoming lazier and lazier <laughs> as time goes on with cooking. You don't have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. You just have to do it once and then a couple of times a year and that is it like but you can reap all the benefits of the stock market with actually very little effort and do a better job than if you invested in mutual funds which are super expensive and also you know advisors like you don't most people don't need an advisor most you can do the investing yourself. You just need someone to show you the ropes. Yeah, so I I believe the webinar is going to be on November 15th that you're going to host for free. It's uh, just to get a taste of what your classes are like. I'll be there. And then, you know, we'll hopefully like my fans will be able to benefit from your knowledge. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah, I'm super excited to be partnering with you, Gabe. I think we see eye to eye on a lot of a lot of things within money, but also like outside of money. <laughs> I, I think mo- money, like money is political. You know, yeah. some of the things I've said on this podcast are, 
I would not say on a different kind of podcast. That's And that's what we are hoping to farm here at Bad With Money. That's really what we're here to do. You know, people love it or hate it. And that's sort of the, the vibe of this whole show. Uh, yeah. And I that's my vibe, too. Like if you're if I you know, if what I if my vibe resonated with you, you know, you're welcome to join and learn. It's really for anyone. My teachings are really for anyone who felt feels that the financial industry doesn't cater to them. You know, I, I have straight white dudes coming to me, too. They're just like, I don't like the sort of aggressive alpha male sort of vibe toxic vibe of the financial industry and the way that you teach and your philosophy, you know, resonates with me a lot Mm -hmm. more. So like everyone is welcome to come. Um, It's really, you know, an inclusive space. And one last thing, I've created this investing personality quiz. So if you are not really sure where to start and you're like, I don't know if I'm ready to start investing, take this quiz and I will email you kind of based on your investing personality, I'll email you a, a game plan of what you should do next. So I'm super excited about that. Super excited about the tra- training that I'm going to be giving with, with, with Gabe there, as well as this uh, quiz that's uh, relatively new. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's great. I love individualized stuff. I think there's enough one-size-fits-all out there. So I'm stoked. And thank you so much for coming on the show, Anjali. So I guess I will have a lot of links in the description, but where can people find you generally? Instagram, I'm active on Instagram at Dahlia underscore wealth. So Dahlia, there's an H-D-A-H-L-I-A underscore wealth. I manage the account myself. So if you DM me, it is me that will answer. (laughs) Me too, me too. And link in bio, there will be other, there like all my important links are in there, but also in the show notes, I'll make sure that Gabe and Bad With Money has all the links that we talked about today. Oh yeah, we're put mad links in the bio or in the description and they'll be in my bio too. The links will be everywhere, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And and obviously we will chat soon and I'll tell the fans more about where to find it generally on other episodes, but go to the description fans and read it. Come hang out with us. Okay, bye. <laughs> Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King, post-production sound by Coco Lorenz, and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you, love you, bye!